Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right, it's unjust, and Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out, or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE, or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer, they will help you out. I have great news. We have a new federal law coming. The PC police out again. America apparently has too many eunuchs in it. And finally, kind of a cool parade. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Well, I know that you have been waiting for this day to come, and let me tell you, the day is here. Well, kind of here, almost here. Guess what? America has problems, and I have amazing news for you. Washington, D.C. is going to do something about it. Just think about that for a moment. I want you to think about Washington, D.C. We don't even have to go into all the problems. Think about the debt. Do you understand how big $26 trillion is? That's our national debt. Do you understand how horrible, horrible, idiotic, corrupt, and inefficient you have to be to take the United States of America's economy with all that money coming in? I mean, just drowning in cash every day 
and somehow managed to spend $26 trillion more than that? Do you understand that? that if you took the smartest man in the world and told him to bury you $26 trillion in debt with a bunch of money coming in, it would take him time to figure out how to be that stupid and inefficient. And let the, yet the United States of America's government has done it. And these are the people who are going to pass a police reform bill? Republicans and Democrats? These are the people talking about, I'm not even making this up, accountability? <laughs> what? Accountability? Dude, my great-great-great-grandkids aren't going to come close to paying off the money these morons have spent in just the last three years. Accountability? Where's your accountability? You can have all the problems in the world with the police department, and maybe you live in a place where your police department sucks. There are crappy police departments out there. There are great ones. There are bad ones. It's almost like they're all different. They all have different leadership. They're all involved in different areas. And we have a bunch of morons because of a video from Minneapolis. We have a bunch of morons in Washington, D.C. who are going to pass some catch-all reform bill? Huh? huh? Who? Who is actually going to be writing this thing? Who's going to enforce this thing? And on top of that, let me see if I understand this right. The people in charge of the FBI are going to tell law enforcement how to do things in a non-corrupt manner? Is that some kind of a joke? Imagine, just think, we don't even have to go all throughout the FBI's history. Even if you're super pro-FBI, that's fine. Just the last few years. I mean, we, you understand, we are currently, right now, in the middle of a massive scandal involving the Federal Bureau of Investigation abusing its powers in horrific ways. We have a criminal investigation currently ongoing into the FBI and the federal government saying, well, we clearly know what to do here with law enforcement. We've got this covered. What? What? And I'm amazed. And you know the most amazing thing about it? It's not just that these people do this stuff. It's that the public wants them to. I mean, the public wants this. I understand that you're a thinking person. Otherwise, you wouldn't be watching my show. But overall, the public looks to Washington, D.C., and they think there are going to be solutions from there. There aren't ever going to be solutions from there. Never. All they can do is make it worse. And you know what stinks? We have people, including President Trump, who are trying to appear to do the right thing instead of changing the narrative the left has said. Here's President Trump. But I strongly oppose the radical and dangerous efforts to defend, dismantle, and dissolve our police departments especially now when we've achieved the lowest recorded crime rates in recent history. Americans know the truth. Without police, there is chaos. Without law, there is anarchy. And without safety, there is catastrophe. Of all murders in Chicago, and 68% of all murders in Baltimore went without arrests last year. Americans want law and order. They demand law and order. What's needed now is not more stoking of fear and division. We need to bring law enforcement and communities closer together, not to drive them apart. Under the executive order I'm signing today, we will prioritize federal grants from the Department of Justice to police departments that seek independent credentialing, certifying that they meet high standards, and in fact, in certain cases, the highest standard. That's where they do the best on the use of force and de-escalation training. Certifying? Who's going to certify? And let's talk about the use of force for a quick moment. I'm not trying to pick on the president here, but let's talk about the use of force for a quick moment. You understand that it's not the movies, right? You understand that when you're a police officer, and look, remember, I'm not the guy who's pro-cop all the time. I, I, I think cops, a lot of the time, end up being, through no fault of their own, the enforcement arm of tyrannical governments. That's the history of the world. So, and I'm fine with police reforms. But 
for people to sit on their nice rear ends and their nice couches, well, I shouldn't have said nice rear ends. I mean, hopefully your rear end's nice. I don't know. I do squats. Be that as it may. It's not the movies, and you're not kicking down the door of somebody's house who has a lengthy criminal record of violence and finding that person in a room in the dark by yourself or maybe just you and a buddy and you can't see what he has in his hands and you can't tell what's going on. Life is imperfect. Let me tell you something. As somebody who's been in a violent situation or two, life is imperfect. And it's so easy from the comfort of your couch to point your finger and say, he should have done this and he should have done that. It is much, much, much different in the heat of battle. You want to point to that disgusting video in Minneapolis and say that's wrong. Yeah, I think everybody can see that's wrong. Guy's clearly subdued. You got your knee on the back of his neck, choking him out slowly over minutes. It's horrible. You want to go to that situation in Atlanta where you just wrestled with a guy in a dark parking lot in the middle of the night and he took your taser away and he's sprinting and pointing it at you and you think, well, I mean, they should really just slowly escalate the... Brother, you sound like you have no idea what you're talking about. And that's just me talking. I know for a fact the federal government is not going to be able to properly certify anything. That uh, horrible murder, Ahmad Arbery, his family got to meet with Trump. They enjoyed it. I was very, very emotional throughout the um, the whole um, conference. Um, he was he was very compassionate. He he showed major concerns for all families, not just one family, but for all families. I can um, say that um, President Trump was very receiving. He listened and he addressed each and every family accordingly. Okay, fine. I have no problem with him accepting the family like that when I mean they just had a loved one murdered, but. When we're passing executive orders, when the GOP Senate's coming up with an actual bill, in general, this is the sad reality of it. You can just accept this or not accept it. In general, you need to be concerned about the people who support what you're doing. Look to your right. Look to your left. Who is cheering you on? That should give you some pause. Here's a supporter of what Trump's doing. What I will say is this, we are winning. Uh, Donald Trump had no plan uh, a month ago to work on this issue at all. Uh, The fact that we are now in the direction of moving forward, I think is good. And the fact that law enforcement is with him. I'll I'll give it over to Bakari, I know you see it differently, but I want to say one thing. As hard as we worked during the Obama years, we never got law enforcement to come to to this table and stay there. The idea that law enforcement is standing behind Trump on stuff that we've been asking for for decades, I think is progress. It's the caboose. It's not the engine, but it's on the right track. What progress? The progress as far as connecting communities more than with, more with the police department, are we under the impression that had not taken place at all? That only since we started burning down American cities, murdering people and rioting that we've made progress? we were already making progress. Cities like Atlanta, um, their police chief was a black woman. And Atlanta, they were the model for big cities as far as connecting communities with their police department. Their police department has bent over backwards, ingraining themselves with the community. They've been working on this for years. And one bad shoot happens, maybe not even a bad shoot, police chief resigns and Atlanta's burning? Let's stop pretending like this is just about, well, we just want to reform police departments. We just want them to do better. This looks a lot like a no accountability movement to me. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. You know what else should probably make you uncomfortable? If you have all your money in the stock market, Look, I'm going to shoot you straight. I have money in the stock market, but um, not all of it. Are you out of your mind? We're $26 trillion in debt. We have 40 million people unemployed, and yet the stock market remains high. With businesses closing all over the place, the stock market still remains high. How long do you think that lasts? 
Do you think it lasts forever? I promise you it does not. Start protecting yourself. Start diversifying with some precious metals from birch gold. Do you know how long precious metals have been worth something? Forever. Let's start there. They always have been, they are now, and they always will be worth something. Protect yourself so you don't get wiped out and lose it all. And this is not some fly-by-night company. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. Go to birchgold.com slash jesse. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash jesse. Go there, you get a free 20-page packet. Do that now. All right, we'll be back. I think part of what's really, really missing in this society, and this is easy to say, you know, people have said this before, but in actual education, I don't mean school. I do not mean school. I mean education. I mean people finding out the reality of life, finding out the reality of America's history, finding out about the history of the world. I had a chance yesterday to sit down with a school administrator, I'll call him, And he had many, many things to say about the current state of American education. But more than anything else, he was mortified at the way textbooks have changed throughout the years. Now, you as a nation, you have to make decisions on how to educate your youth, right? Especially if you're going to have government-run schools, which we shouldn't have. But that's another story entirely. If you're going to have government-run schools, well... You're going to make decisions as a culture on what exactly to teach the next generation about your nation. And you can go super, super patriotic the way American textbooks used to be. Maybe some people have an issue with that. That's probably not the only way I would go. I like the honest approach. I don't like what we do now, which is super America sucks, super anti-patriotic. I like the honest approach. I teach my sons about American history, about world history, and you know what I teach them? The truth. I find the truth. And the truth, as I've always told you, right, it's not simple, it's complicated. America has a lot of wonderful history. We have a lot of ugly things in our history. You're allowed to have open discussions about both, aren't you? Shouldn't you? And if you don't, if you only do what we do now in this country, if you only teach kids about how bad America sucks, I mean, that's how they're manipulating the children in this country. If you're a teacher, almost undoubtedly, you have been given some guidance, or maybe you hate America itself already, But you teach kids this. You don't have to stand up in front of the class and tell them, Johnny America sucks. You don't have to do that. Just teach them all America is. It's uh, killing the Native Americans. It's uh, slavery. It's the civil rights movement. All right, we're done. Have a good semester, everybody. That's what happens. It's lies by omission. Here's all the crappy things about you. Here's none of the good things. And if you want evidence that that's how we're raising kids these days, I give you Senator Tim Kaine. The United States didn't inherit slavery from anybody. We created it. And we created it and maintained it over centuries. And in in my lifetime, we have finally stopped some of those practices, but we've never gone back to undo it. That is, without question, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life and without question the dumbest thing on the floor of the United States Senate. It's not even just dumb. It's so historically illiterate. Tim Kaine should honestly consider getting himself checked out by a professional and he should consider calling every history professor he ever had and asking them to resign. We created slavery. Um, Slavery is awful. There's no defense of it ever. There's no defense of us having it or anyone else having it. But let's also understand, slavery is the history of the world. The history of the world. It's not part of America's history. It's everybody's. It's everybody's. And we act as if America is uniquely bad when it comes to this. And the only way you can get there to that absolutely moronic take is if you've been educated in a school system 
that has only taught you about how badly America sucks. And not only do they teach our kids today, your kids, my kids, not only do they teach them how bad America sucks, they teach them we're uniquely sucky. It's not just that we suck, we suck worse than everybody else. And how? How do you get to where we are right now as a country? With every celebrity with a mouth? With every corporation trashing the country? How do you get there? Well, that's how you get there. You don't have to stand up in front of your class for years and teach them that Democrats are good and Republicans are bad. You don't have to do that. You only have to stand up in front of that class and teach them America kind of sucks and we should be brought down. In the end, it'll all work out exactly the way you want it to. Um, they're actually trying to remove Abraham Lincoln's statue from Boston. And when I say they, I don't mean one or two internet trolls. I'm talking, we have 7,800 signatures so far as a petition to remove the statue of Abraham Lincoln. That's, that's real in this country. This country's lost its freaking mind. Oh, speaking of lost its mind, Quaker Foods, you know, they make the Aunt Jemima syrup, that syrup you and I have eaten our entire life with the black lady on the front. It's got the picture. Everyone can picture Aunt Jemima. They're removing her. Quote, we recognize Aunt Jemima's origins are based on a racial stereotype. As we work to make progress through racial equality through several initiatives, we also must take a hard look at our portfolio of brands and ensure they reflect our values and meet our consumers' expectations. That's probably the most amazing thing that's happening right now. It's not that there are some insane people who want to remove an Abraham Lincoln statue. It's that the most insane, asinine demands you could possibly make of somebody, they're getting them. Companies are doing these things. Football coaches are doing these things. Allow me to introduce you in just a second to Coach Mike Gundy of the Oklahoma State Football Program. For those of you who aren't big college football fans, very good program. Top 10, top, top 15 every single year. Uh, Mike Gundy's running back had a problem with Mike Gundy wearing an OAN. That's One American News. It's a conservative network. He had a problem with... Him wearing a t-shirt, that's all he did was wear a t-shirt. Put a picture of himself up on social media wearing a t-shirt. His running back blasts Mike Gundy for wearing the t-shirt. And then this grown man who almost undoubtedly holds conservative views, otherwise he wouldn't be wearing an OAN shirt, released this hostage video. Our players expressed their feelings as individuals and as team members. They helped me see through their eyes how the t-shirt affected their hearts. Once I learned how that network felt about Black Lives Matter, I was disgusted and knew it was completely unacceptable to me. I want to apologize to all members of our team, former players and their families for the pain and discomfort that has been caused over the last two days. Black lives matter to me. Our players matter to me. These meetings with our team have been eye-opening and will result in positive changes for Oklahoma State football. I sincerely hope the Oklahoma State family near and far will accept my humble apology as we move forward. That's so embarrassing as a grown man as a football coach, as a leader of men, as an American, as anything. That is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I'll tell you what, I bet you money Mike Gundy went home that night after making that pathetic video, and I bet you he hung his head in shame, and he should. That sucks. All right, well... With things like that, I probably would have trouble sleeping if I didn't have an ebb sleep. But I do have an ebb sleep. Do you have one yet? Do you have any idea how much it can change every part of your life for the better when you're sleeping seven, eight hours a night versus that four you're getting now as you toss and turn and can't get to sleep and stare at the clock? And ah, you don't have to do that anymore. 
get an EB sleep. It's a wearable device. You put it on. It calms down those racing thoughts that are keeping you awake at night. And, oh, you want to talk about some wonderful sleep. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. Use the promo code jesse at checkout. Get 25 bucks off. All right. We got more. Well, I was going off earlier about how nobody in society seems to want to do the hard things, how it's easy for me to get up here on TV and yell about the craziness out there when I work for a TV network, the first that encourages me to do so. They've never told me what I can or can't say. I need somebody to do the hard things, actually risk something out there. Which brings me to my next guest. Let me show you a little video first before I introduce him. This world, this world is so imperfect, it's full of pain and fear, despite all the chaos, all the judgment, we know that so many of you are good. We forget how human we are, how human we all are, including you. The man who made that is my next guest. He is obviously the star of Walking Dead and the CEO of Vigard Watches, Ilan Surlovich. Sir, why take a chance like that on even a vaguely pro-police video when each and every football coach, star, movie star, everybody else in your industry in that general area is either hiding under their bed or talking about how bad cops suck, and there you are actually taking chances putting out something like that. Why? Well, you know, I feel like we're normalizing extreme views very quickly right now. And it's a little worrisome. You know, if you went back just a month and you said, we're going to be here today, I would have said that's impossible. And then we're here. And the reason I put my company behind it, uh, my watch company, and we released the ad that way, was because I wanted it to have meaning. I wanted to show that there has to be risk behind it for it to have meaning. Because uh, if we keep going down this path, we're going to not only lose our police, which I think we're actually very close to, we're also going to lose our freedom of speech. And I don't want to live in a country like that. Well, for one, I applaud you for it. I love the fact that somebody out there takes a chance when they don't have to. I think it means a lot. And you're right, we are losing them. We, we have report after report after report. I'm looking at them there in front of me of cops retiring in droves from here, requesting to be transferred from here in our big cities, which I may be in Texas, but I love our big cities. I love New York. I don't want to see New York descend into absolute apocalypse. And that's where it's heading. And I think it's a really dark place to be as a nation. Yeah, it's quite scary. It's quite scary to see even just how crime rates are starting to increase and how just the general narrative towards police and the language used has become so demonizing as a whole. And if I could put one message out there, it's that we have to stop demonizing each other. We have to start humanizing each other, especially the police. If you want to fix communities and police, you build bridges. You don't burn them. And yet that's all we're seeing. And I, I think people don't realize that the end result of all this is going to be absolute anarchy. If, we, if it doesn't end at some point. Do they really not realize it? Or is the simple truth of the matter, a lot of these people do realize it and they're angry enough for whatever reason, either angry at America, angry enough at whatever, they want it to burn? I think there's definitely an anti-American sentiment that's been growing, unfortunately. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. I mean, I've heard a lot of people openly say they want to burn down the system and, and remake it in their own view. I think there's a lot of, sadly, a lot of misconceptions behind that, a lot of miseducation. Uh, and I think that they don't realize the world they're trying to create is not a world that's gonna be better, but a world that's far, far worse. Even as something as simple as just defunding or abolishing the police, even that one aspect of American society is so foundational that if you just ended that, that alone would cause destruction of society. So, I mean, coupled with the other things, yeah, I have, I have a lot of fear around the, the things that I hear nowadays, definitely. 
you mentioned you put your company, eGuard Watches, behind this. And I love that. And this is why I love it, because I watch not just, you know, the, the, the next politician, not just some lefty Hollywood star, not just a football player. Corporations in America have lined up with this insane anti-cop rhetoric. We're canceling cops. Cops is an American institution. We're canceling live PD. These are these are shows that show the reality of life, and now you can't even depict cops in any positive way, and corporations are backing this. That's one of the things that's worried me the most is watching corporate America just take that line. Why has it gone that way so quickly? I'll tell you, the three things that worry me the most are the government right now because they're not responding to any of this, and I've never seen that before in my entire life. Uh, the media, which is really pushing these extreme views, and also corporations, which have jumped on the bandwagon fully, and I was inundated. That's why I put my company behind it. I don't want to have to put my company behind a political message or a message supporting police or whatever it is. But when 100% of other companies, these massive corporations are coming out and, and pushing it nonstop, um, yeah, there's an obligation for companies to start stepping up to the plate and coming out, and that's the only way that we're going to change what's going on if we can start putting a, a different perspective in there because if you have only one side of a, a debate or only one side of a conversation and anyone on the opposition is demonized and not allowed to talk and their life is ruined we're getting to a dark place uh, so those are yeah those are my three big concerns and it's shocking to me that that politicians have not started speaking out about this stuff your industry hollywood a lot of people think, because all yes. we see is the nut jobs on TV, all, a lot of people think, well, every single one of them is totally, you know, an America-hating, you know, they, they think that. I've tried to explain to people that's not the case, but the problem is the ones who have a voice really are worried about voicing it. I mean, there aren't that many people out there willing to speak up unless you're taking the company line. You're inside of it. I'm not. Have you noticed that? What I've noticed is two things. I've noticed that if you're on set, there's a kind of way to speak that you have to follow. And it's, you know, obviously very progressive, hyper progressive, uh, I would say almost like a far left kind of uh, viewpoint. And if you go against that, you're vilified immediately. It's very, very hard to fit in in Hollywood and even be centrist nowadays. Uh, even so far as going back a, a few years, I mean, when Matt Damon made a comment as simple as can we just say that there's a difference, this was during the Me Too stuff, can we just say that there's a difference between smacking, smacking a girl on the butt and rape? He was attacked for it. And this is a guy who's very progressive. I mean, you know, nowadays it's gotten even worse. Like I said, it's kind of been an upward curve. So in Hollywood, if you even express yourself in any way, shape or form, you will be immediately attacked. They only celebrate their viewpoint. Anything outside of that is considered wrong. And so if you have that viewpoint, you have to hide it, which is what a lot of people in Hollywood actually do. And in closed circles, they have much more, I would say, fair pointed conversations. Uh, but in public and on set and in those environments, I feel like they have to present themselves that way. Uh, so I can't tell you the exact number of actors that actually feel differently, but I know there are many out there that I've had conversations with and they're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's tough. It's tough to express yourself nowadays. Why is that? Because it's not just limited to Hollywood. That seems to be human nature. That even, you know, even somebody who I disagree with in everything politically, I can probably sit down and have a cup of coffee or a beer with that person. However, if they get around five of their friends, now I can't speak anymore without getting shouted at. What is that in human nature? It's groupthink. It's tribalism to some degree. And I think there's certain uh, hierarchies we've created now going on with identity politics to such an extreme that have created kind of like this. Uh, sadly, the thing I fear most in society is like racial hierarchies, but we're kind of going in that direction. And so if it's challenged in any way, shape or form, it's it's kind of uh, very black and white. There's no gray area to have any conversation within it. So you're perceived almost as challenging you know, moral justice, and then you can't have an opinion because you're just wrong automatically inherently by your very, very argument of whatever you're making. So yeah, once people are together in that environment, they're backing each other up and, and it's very weird. Yeah, it's it's gone downhill because it used to not be this way. You used to be able to put someone from the left, the right together, and they would be able to have a conversation. And uh, now all we see, like I said previously, is just dehumanization and vilification to the point where there's no actual argument. There's just, I'm attacking you based on your identity. And uh, there's no debate to be had when that happens. 
Ilan Shulovich, his company is eGuard Watches. I would encourage everybody, I'm not, I've never pushed anyone to buy a watch before on my show, but if you're upset about corporate America bending the knee, maybe it's time to start supporting corporations who don't bend the knee. Thank you so much, so much for giving us some time tonight. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. All right. We got more. Hang on. Joining me now, former Green Beret and host of Hollywood Weapons on the Outdoor Channel, Terry Shepard. Terry, why do people trust the government when government has a history of murdering everybody and screwing everything up? Who, who are these people you're speaking of, Jesse? That trust the mm -hmm. government? I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. I'm not tracking it. I mean, maybe the people let, let who me are clarify. In the government. Let me, let, let me clarify. America now, and obviously, I'm not talking about you, I'm not talking about me, but America overall, the majority of the people in general, when something's going wrong, they look towards Washington D.C. and they shout, "Do something! Help us! Save us!" And I have never understood it. I, I yeah. Since I was a child, I used to look at this and I used to marvel at, at how people could be that dumb. I'm looking at a history of 100 million dead, uh, famine, I mean, all this government-caused disaster, and yet man does this time and again. Why? Well, I, I, would, I would say this. I would rather be free than feel safe. And I think we've got a population that wants to feel safe. And... Uh, any institution, uh, listen, we, we accept this, whether you're religious or not, and you know, my faith says that we are flawed. So if people are flawed, then an institution created by and populated by people is going to be flawed, whether it's the Catholic Church, it's the Kiwanis Club, or it's the federal government. And so, I mean, again, and, and we see these uh, these these. These big organ. I, I saw it in the military, man. You saw it in the military. There's command structures that exist only to feed itself and to justify their existence. And I think uh, we talked about this the other day. This is by design. There's decades of people being told this is the way to do it. And so you have these kids out in the streets that think that the government's going to protect you. Dude, Minneapolis is a smoking pit. The people paid taxes. They obeyed the laws. They did the right thing. And then when things got bad, the government just said, I'm sorry, we can't help you. So I, I, the learning curve here is not what I thought it would be. I, I feel like I feel like after what we just saw, people would start kind of getting hip to this. But there's a, a group of people that are very interested in being in power. And most of them don't realize that when it all shakes out, they're not going to be in power. They're not going to be in power. No, they're very much the opposite of that. And I have to say, I agree with your religion. You are very flawed. And allow me to also say this. When it comes to law enforcement, when it comes to law enforcement, I feel like a lot of people in this country, and understandably so, I'm happy if that's the case, have never been in a physical confrontation in any way in their lives. And I feel like people, when they talk about law enforcement or the military, whatever the case may be, they talk about use of force. And, well, if he uses a six-inch knife, you should only pull out an eight-inch knife. And, and people do not understand right. that's not how it works in the real world. And they do not understand the violence of a confrontation with somebody alone in a dark parking lot somewhere and how that ends. Is there nothing funnier and absolutely ridiculous when someone says, why doesn't the cop shoot him in the leg? <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know, it's it's just, I mean, it's just, again, maybe this is TV driven. And I think you said it best. Uh, a lot of people have not been in an actual altercation where there's adrenaline, uh, there's feet and fists flying, and there's people wrapping their arms around your neck. And uh, yeah, and that's another thing, too. I remember years ago, you may remember this in, uh, in New York City, there was a guy named Amadou Diallo who was... Um, I think that was his name. He was being chased by the, uh, the anti-crime unit, which, by the way, has now been disbanded in New York City. No more plain clothes guys. So this guy fit the description. And it was tragic how it happened. They chased this cat down the, down the alley or down the thing. He got to a housing complex, turned around with his reached into his pocket, pulled out his, I guess he was pulling his ID. And those guys opened up on him. Uh, so the marksmanship probably could have been better. But a lot of people were asking, how come everybody kept shooting? And 
if you've never been in a firefight, if you have been in a firefight, you know that once your boys start engaging, you're not looking at him going, are you sure about this? Are you sure that's the right guy? You do everything you can to support that dude. And then you'll kind of, right, you'll ask later what happened. Your job is not to sit there and figure out, well, you know, maybe this guy just needs to talk to us. And again, it's unfortunate, like you said, none of this, when people get killed in the street uh, in violence or, or, or by, by an encounter with the police, that's not cool, but there's been a, a lack of realistic expectations of how that really, how that crap really happens. And it's not pretty, and it's not uh, something you can put on, you know, like like a TV show where you know it's scripted and the, the guy does this and you do this. It, it's just not that way. It's chaos. It's really chaos. And the people who are acting like it's not, they're just again, they're they're just not being honest. They don't want to be honest. Terry, I feel like we have, uh, what's the medical term for it? A real lack of balls in society today. Uh, it, all it takes is medical, a football coach in Oklahoma. <laughs> well, I try to be technical on this show. Uh, and we, Look, we have a football coach. He yeah. issues a hostage video apologizing because his running back got mad about a T-shirt. We have Drew Brees groveling. We have, let's be fair, we have the President of the United States signing an executive order, the GOP's yep. passing their own police reform law. Everybody is simply afraid to simply stand up and say, uh, if this police department sucks, that's their city's problem. Everyone wants to appear to be doing something right, and I don't understand that at all. Well, I think what we see, yeah, it, it actually, especially the Drew Brees thing, that that hurt guys like oh. me. I'm like, come on, man, you you can never placate the mob. It's not going to. You can never. They will never be. Uh, they will never be satisfied. The other thing is, I think if you're a thinker and you kind of pay attention, everything we've seen now about what, what's happened in Minneapolis and Atlanta and, and every place else, it's not so much the problem with the police uh, folks of those cities. You should probably stop electing leaders because. You have, you know, if, if you had a better mayor, better councilman, better governor, and these people of that party most of the time has been specifically in charge for all that time. You have black police chiefs. You have a, a, a largely black department in a place like Atlanta. So the idea that there's institutional racism, it, again, that just that, that just blows that out of the water. Uh, and so, you know, Trump is you said it, too, man. This is this is why. When people call you and I like, you know, blind Trumpkins, that's not true because I, I, we're criticizing him right now on this. I think he was doing well to a point, but in the last few weeks, maybe-ish, it seems like he's governing from a place of fear, and I don't think that's respected. And I don't, and I don't think, you know, the thing is, too, any self-respecting person, whatever color you are, isn't going to like you more or respect you more if you kneel in front of them. That's just not going to happen. And I, I think we keep we keep playing into this, and you know the Black Lives Matter thing. That's a Marxist organization. Go to their website. They're, they're about climate change, transgender rights, the dissolution of the nuclear family. Um, but the thing is, they've set themselves up very smartly because if you criticize them, that means you don't like black people because the word black is in their title. They've given themselves, as our buddy Andrew Wilkow has said, they've given themselves the absolute moral authority on all of these questions. And people are bowing to that. I think there's a current in here that's resisting. We have the Jesse Kellys and the knuckleheads like me and other people out, outside of these. The reason, by the way, people are... The bad guys who are attacking and making people kneel, they're attacking the right people because those people will submit. Pretty soon they're going to start attacking the wrong people who will not submit, and then it's going to be different. Yes, then it is going to be quite, quite different if they come digitally or otherwise knocking on the Shepard door. I guarantee you that. And speaking of which... We have people out there, understandably so, they look at the news, they see America burning, they see division, they want to know some basics on defending themselves. Assuming there are a lot of people watching my show who haven't been Green Berets since 1801 like you have, could you maybe lay out a couple quick basics for, for the basic American family wanting to bone up a little and making sure their home is safe? Well, I think one of our good friends, our mutual friends, just published a book uh, called uh, Concrete mm -hmm. Jungle and uh, by Clay Martin. And he actually, he actually, um, before he published it, he sent me a lot of it to proof it. And I was like, dude, this is actually right on time. Um, 
None of this stuff is particularly hard. I mean, if you can get your whole family involved, this is what Clay and I talked about, and, and, and I think it works. It's not just the, the thing people need to remember, too, is the biggest, the biggest I think, takeaway that people need to understand is you can be a great shooter, you can be a, an excellent survivalist, but it does take a group because we're, we're, we're tribal. And one lone person, despite what the movies tell you, doesn't do well. So I think what has to happen is in these communities and even within the old households, you've got to kind of put the team together. You've got to put that team together. You've got to communicate with them, delineate what people, uh, what their jobs are, and practice. You just have to practice. You know, you can also buy a thousand guns. People ask me, what's the best gun to have? I go, I don't know, the one that you shoot a lot with, the one that you actually can load and unload in the dark, the one that you can actually, you know, when your breath is, when you're cranking your breath and you're scared, is that the one you can actually put to good effect? Uh, same with medical stuff. I was a Green Bray medic for most of my career. I would learn how to stop a bleed. I would learn how to put on a tourniquet. I would learn how to do that stuff because if bullets are flying, that means uh, uh, wounds are going to be made. And again, I say that about that too. You don't even have to be good. You just got to be good enough. And a lot of people right now aren't even good. You know, they're not even, I think now people are waking up. You're looking around and you see the government's not going to help you. They're not going to, you cannot rely on them to help you. They may, but they might not. And are you willing to take that risk where you just sit there and go, I'm just going to wait for 911 to come because they're not going to come. And I think, uh, you know, by not just doing your own individual skills, but by actually getting your neighborhood involved, your, your community, uh, there's a lot of people out there that are, that are, that are thinking about this in terms of like, we got to do this as a group because a lone prey animal can be isolated and overwhelmed, but a bunch of, uh, a bunch of, uh, bunch of wildebeests back to back have a hard time being taken down by by a group of jackals or lions or something like that i don't know if that was the right analogy but i felt like putting it in there you know what it was beautiful i actually felt like it was poetry and remember everybody two to the chest face against the rest terry shepherd thank you sir good talking man hey man keep doing the right thing jesse i always say this it bothers me because you've been right about this all along i'm just You've been right about it all along, and you're just you're becoming more insufferable because of it. Look at the smile on you, dude. I want to punch you through the through the yes. computer right now. <laughs> I'm just just keep going. I'm just taking it all in. Terry Shepard, thank you, brother. Goodbye, sir. <laughs> all right, we're not quite done. Hang on. I have a confession to make. There are very few things in life that I've been wanting to do that I haven't been able to do. One of those things, however, is be in a boat parade. Boats are just all kinds of fun. Everybody gets out there. They make a bunch of bad decisions. It's, woo, it's just a good time. Who doesn't love a good boat? And Donald Trump had his birthday on June 14th, and apparently places like San Diego, uh, Fort Lauderdale, they had big boat parades in man. Trump supporters know how to party. Happy birthday to you. 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 It's your day. Don't throw it away. I love the boat that it was crashed. And you know what? Just like everybody else, I want to know the story, the real story. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow. See ya. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, it's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. 
It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.